Fox Valley Voice. Hi, Quindy. Hi, Jaime. How are you? Doing well. Really excited about this next uh, podcast interview that we have today. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to your friend Ryan. Yes, Ryan Carney, who is a local musician and um, I would say healer. He really believes in the healing capacity of music and it's a great interview. I'm really excited for people to meet him. And he's a super cool dude. Yeah. Speaks well, just fun to be around, really great energy. It was awesome to have him here mm. in the studio. And he's extremely handsome as well. <laughs> Did you find him dashing? He is dashing. <laughs> there you go. I, so. I, uh, I found myself looking at his hair a lot. He must he's got, spend a lot of time. No, I think he's just, he looks like that. He just rolls out of bed and, and just, he's got great he hair. He woke up like this? Great hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, he's, it's a great interview like a great person to have on this show i'm just baffled with um how lucky i am to know so many incredible people that are doing incredible things within our community um you know every time that we interview somebody i think of like 10 other people that we need to talk about and have their voices heard mm-hmm. and i was just really stoked to have him here so Cool. Well, I mean, before we get into that, is there anything else that we need to chat about? Like, you've been doing some cooking recently. There's a lot popping with Q's Kitchen right now, for sure. Um, Every day is like an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) With uh, Yeah. You've had some good uh, private events, and Mm -hmm. um, you've got some some community outreach going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just came off of... Doing a retreat, or doing two uh, retreats, cooking for two separate retreats out in uh, Western Illinois, and um, I think on a down night, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a uh, yoga within the prison program, like yoga within the jail program, uh, video on Facebook documentary, and I was like, just blown away by what they're doing and how it's helping people that are incarcerated. And so I thought, hmm, I think I want to do that with food. And could I bring food and start helping people who are incarcerated learn how to cook and develop life skills and leadership skills and confidence? And so I reached out to the Kane County uh, Juvenile Justice Center just with an idea. I was like, hey, my name's Gwen B. Schuyler. I own Q's Kitchen. Uh, do you guys have a cooking program for the kids that are in there? And they said no. And I said, would you like one? And they said yes. And so we met and I sent in some plans. And then all of a sudden uh, got the response from the chief justice that said yes. And so now we're rolling with this program. Like, That's incredible. Yeah. Um. So I think what we should do is... You're going to have to come back on my show. Yes. And we're going to do a deep dive on this program and how uh, the rest of us can get involved. Yeah. Would you do that? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to do that now. We have to get back to Ryan. So, um, yeah. So, uh, again, like I yeah. said, just the way that community can come together and what Ryan is doing for the community too within music and just 
people that are giving people chances to express themselves. I'm just, you know, I applaud those people all over the place that are helping people to develop their creativity and uh, bring about healing through expression. So, Well, I applaud you for applauding them. Thank you. And I applaud you for helping me to applaud them through producing this podcast. (laughs) All right. That's enough (laughs) applause. We should just talk to Ryan. Yes, sounds good. How's it going? Good. It's going well. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. It's good to be here. Thanks, Quimby. Yeah, thank you. We have quite a story together. We've, um, gosh, I met you nearly like 20 years ago through mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And you were a a musician back then. Still am today. And you still are today. (laughs) And um, the reason why I asked you to come on the show is because we have collaborated in the past where um, I've had you come and play for my yoga and sound healing pop-up dinners that we do. And everybody is like just so enamored with your talent and what you bring to the table. So um, I got to thinking about, you know, who I want on this show. And I think that you heal through music and through what you do. And you've got such an incredible story. So we'd love to hear it. Um, But first off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you get into this? get into playing music and um, how did you get from there to here? Yeah, it's, a, it's probably one of the most common things that I get asked. Um, people want to know what's behind the curtain. And, uh, you know, I started like a lot of kids today where music was introduced to me through the school system. And when I was in third grade, um, you know, I got an opportunity to choose whatever instrument, whatever string instrument that I wanted to play. And I chose the most awkward, big looking thing that they brought in the room, which was the stand up bass. And from that point forward, uh, it was, you know, I've never put it down. Um, I started playing with orchestras back, you know, back in the 80s. I've been playing music now for more than 30 years. And it just continuously broadened into new and more exciting um, aspects of music. Uh, From the symphony, from the music school programs, I started doing jazz programs. I was in blues bands. Uh, I joined my own personal bands when I was in high school and have, I think, been in a band ever since (laughs) high school. Do you come from a musical family? Well, my mom will say yes and that she has perfect pitch and she knew how to play piano, but that's (laughs) debatable. (laughs) Um, my brother, you know, both my brothers and my sister played, um, also through the school programs, but never really persisted throughout life. Um, nothing like I have done. What made you fall in love with it? You know, I don't know. You know, when people ask me, you know, what's your favorite music or who's your favorite band? And I really don't like that question actually, because I cannot in my wildest dreams, even consider narrowing it down to even 10. So I'm sort of an indecisive person when it comes to that. I've seen you on the stage Um, like several times in all sorts of forms from rock and roll to symphonic music to, I mean, it just seems to like permeate who you are. Well, for me, it really boils down to the emotional aspect of it. If, If I hear something that's emotionally moving or something that 
particularly just grabs my attention, and usually it's not something that's lyrically driven. Some, usually it's a harmonic structure or some sort of textural thing that I'm hearing in the music that that really gets me motivated to either learn it or save it to my favorites list. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, one fun fact about me is I don't remember lyrics to any any songs at all. I don't listen. I don't even hear lyrics. And most people say that when they listen to music, they listen to the lyrical content. What's the mu- what's the lyrics saying to me? Hmm. Um, I'm unique because I just I can't listen to it. Even when I try to listen to it, my brain forces me to just go back to um, the way that I listen to music, which is the harmonic structure of the music. What is the melody? Um, what's you know? How does it make me feel when I listen to it? And how does music make you feel when you listen to it? Well, it really depends on what I'm listening to. I have I have so many lists of different playlists in Spotify. For example, I pl- I could be playing anything or listening to anything from uh, you know, symphonies, um Shostakovich, Beethoven, Mozart, you name it, um to, you know, grungy rock bands. Uh, to music that's meditational or, mm-hmm. you know, intended to help you sleep. Uh, you know, they all have their own unique characteristics, all of which I, I just have my own unique relationship with. Hmm. That's quite interesting. So tell me now, um, <clears throat> where do you find yourself with music? What are you doing with it in your daily life? Well, in my daily life, um, I use music to teach Um at least from an outward perspective. I have an outward and an inward perspective to that question. Go for it. Um, Tell us about well, both. Outwardly, I love teaching. I'm engaged with a handful of kids. I've been I've taught for 20 years. Um, I've taught kids from as early as five and six years old to as old as, you know, 60s and 70s. And it's, it's, um, it's a unique adventure for me because it allows me a chance to re-explain things that I already know in ways that really ground me to some of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're talking about theory or whether you're you're explaining how to perform a certain passage in the music, um, it's really when teaching music for me is all about helping people understand what's between the notes, reading between the lines, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and really trying to turn the black and white on the page into something that's ex- as expressive as the music was intended to be. Um, so, uh, so internally, um, on a daily basis, I, I love exploring. I like, um, I'm sort of anti-radio, if you will. I, I really despise the idea that the same songs that were popular when I was in high school are still being played on the radio today. I think there's so much diversity in music that it's a real shame that we have to be pounded in by the same songs over and over and over again. So for me, I really love um, just listening to local bands or listening to, um, you know, putting on like uh, Spotify favorites or listen to like turn on a radio station based on a certain song, mm-hmm. maybe a song I've never heard before, but that I had happened to catch. So for me, it's all about exploration and is always pursuing the the next, the next favorite song of the, of the day Awesome. or the favorite melody of the day. Are you, you listening will. to music all the time? All the time, all so the just- time. I have music going on in the shower. I have speakers all around my house. 
Have you been and, like that forever? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. I mean, when you think about, when I think about, you know, music and the way that we use music in our lives, what would a movie sound like without music? Right. What would a workout feel like without music? You know, I used to think that when I see the color red and, and you see the color red, that we're both experiencing the same thing. But are we really? You know, if if I'm hearing a song and you're hearing the same song, are we having the same experience? Clearly, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think I have a pretty heightened sense of, you know, music appreciation, um, not to not to degrade anybody else's perception and how that affects them. I just think that it's, it's different. It's a different experience. Mm. Um, and so I like to share my experiences. I like to share the way that I feel about a song, maybe um, paying attention to a certain detail in the melody mm -hmm. or um, a certain thing that happens in the in the harmonic structure of this song that I also heard in you know these 10 other songs um, that maybe the average listener doesn't you know make those correlations so you identify a lot with patterns or just yes. the way things are yes that's pretty cool mm -hmm. so you are involved actively with the community and that's kind of our segue into how we're going to talk about how music heals people you're mm -hmm. doing a lot of stuff yeah so you're playing with a band mm-hmm so could you just touch on a couple of the things that you're doing in the community and then we'll kind of go into... Sure. I play uh, bass and cello uh, for a band called Antony and the Tramps based in Chicago. Uh, we've done things like uh, Summerfest in Milwaukee, uh, Taste of Chicago, um, Ribfest, House of Blues. You know, we've had some good... Um, some some good years and I feel like that's my one of my most creative outlets and I like to push that creativity that I contribute to that um, to that band to my community um, so that's one thing I've been on a number of different al uh, albums lately uh, in the last six months I've been a part of a project with Noah Gabriel who's local local he's uh, a, a good friend of mine uh, I have just so much respect for him I've been listening to Noah Gabriel's music uh, for more than 10 years on a personal level uh, mm -hmm. just he's been in my iPods and he's you know he's just really been very active um, for in my playlists um, also there's a band called Elliot waits for no one um, and I've been working with Jenny Frank and uh, Brian Trock on that so that uh, I contributed three songs on that on Noah's album, three songs on upright bass and cello, and then on the Elliot Waits for No One uh, CD that I'm on three tracks on cello, and that's pretty cool. Some yeah. really creative stuff. I just led a master class um, on Monday at the Patavia Homestead, uh, which is a retirement community that I thought would be ideal for bringing my kids in, all my students, where it give it gives my students an opportunity for most of them or for many of them to have their first experience um, performing solo before an audience. You know, when you learn music in a school, let alone on an on upright bass or a cello, um, you get a chance to perform with a group, right? Mm -hmm. With a symphony, right? But rarely do they at that age have an opportunity to perform solo. So they get to be in the hot seat a little bit. Uh, which I think is really important for their development as a kid, yeah. you know, to feel the pressure. And, you know, this is music they've worked on with me one-on-one uh, -on -one in my studio uh, for, for a number of months. 
So it's all about making them feel confident, feel comfortable. It's about giving them a chance to feel, you know, expressive um, and to show the audience of family, friends and uh, strangers for that matter, you know, what what they've been working on for the last few months with me. So at the homestead, do the residents get to come and listen as well? Absolutely. We had uh, we had an auditorium full of people. Um, some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know, but, you know, we, we welcomed anybody. The King County Chronicle wrote an article and a story about um, me and a lot of what I'm doing in the community and, and uh, really tried to build up the event uh, as, a, as a free, you know, welcome all type of event that uh, I've been doing every year. I've been doing one or two a year. I think it's really cool because you have young kids playing for all ages mm-hmm. and there's how music can connect everybody over time. Yeah, I, I got to say, you know, I'm so proud of my students. I, I don't have a studio of 40 students. It's not what I'm after. I, I really like working with, you know, 10 or fewer students on a weekly basis and really giving them the time to and energy and focus that they deserve. Um, every one of my students has achieved greatness um, since I've been working with them, whether it be... Um, winning auditions for community orchestras like the Elgin Symphony, the, the Elgin Youth Symphony Orchestra That's awesome. or other community you know, programs outside of the school. Um, they are advancing chairs from, you know, to principal chair in their section, for example. Um, I had one kid uh, actually tell me that, you know, when I started seeing him just a couple months ago, that he was in the second to the bottom orchestra at a school. And it meant a lot to him. You know, what's more important to a high school kid than status, right? And so, you know, these are high stakes types of situations for these kids. It means a lot to them musically, status-wise, and all areas of of their lives. You know, this is something that matters to them. And so he was able to audition and actually make it into the top orchestra, which was the Chamber Strings group at his school. That's awesome. So all, my kids are that I work with are seeing a lot of success from the methods that I use. I find a lot of my methods are a little bit different than what yeah. you might find traditionally at a private studio. Right. Well, I think you are pretty much, I mean, your energy and the vibe you give off, like, is very different from the music instructors I had growing up, you know? So I think they have something to aspire to. I Like, if people haven't met Ryan, like, he just exudes music and joy. Like, it obviously, like, just flows through your body. And so you have this, like, radiance to you. And so for kids to be able to see that and look up to you, I think... That's like, that's one cool music instructor. Plus, yeah. he plays in rock and roll band, which is pretty sweet, you know? So... Um, I think you're on the right track with what you're doing and I've seen you progress and I just, I'm just blown away by all that you contribute in so many different areas. And so having you on the show, really, I wanted to talk about what music does to us. Like for me, um, it's been a part of my life too. I don't play, but I'm, 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 I'm an, I'm a student of the game, I guess. I love listening to music, all kinds of music and through my own healing journey, uh, it was always on mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Certain music would do certain things to sure. me. And um, when I was recovering from a trauma that I went through in the hospital, I was listening to my iPod like nonstop with motivational songs or beautiful meditative music to kind of help to bring peace and calming into my mind. And so 
when you we had some kind of conversation where you started to talk about what kind of effects it has on the brain. I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to bring him on the show because, you know, we've talked about sound healing. We've talked about uh, salt caves. We've talked about all different kinds of ways that we can heal that don't involve giant medical community. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about how music heals. And um, I'll let you just run with it. Sure. Just go. Well, there's there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of different chapters within that book. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I... I guess I'll start with an experience that I just went through, which was pretty traumatic as well. Um, my dad passed away last month from brain cancer. He had uh, uh, he was diagnosed with glioblastoma multiform, which is a brain disease. Um, it, it's really uh, something that evolves very rapidly. Um, there's some you know famous. Um, individuals that you know people might relate to with the disease, al- although it only affects like one in two hundred or three hundred thousand people. Um, but uh, essentially, uh, it was Halloween of two thousand sixteen, and my dad was—he um, had actually—he's a—he was a retired carpenter and, and tradesman, and he built the front stoop of my house. He with you know fine cutting stone and all that. Uh, and then at thanks, and then he drove to Florida, which he was going to spend the rest of the winter with my mom down there. It was Thanksgiving, not not more than three or four weeks later. You know, after doing that work at my house, that my mom calls me and says something's not right with your dad. His speech is mumbled, or he forgets what he's talking about mid sentence, mm-hmm. or he'll forget where he's at when we're at a place that we're that we're at regularly. And so things were not adding up. And then in December, he was diagnosed with stage four uh, brain cancer after doing a biopsy. So it was a very fast-paced um, chain of events that was obviously very traumatic for for the family um, and scary, right? So music is, is something that uh, I think really not only brought our family together, um, and really highlighted a lot of the the memories we had growing up with Dad. Um, so it was Christmas, um, it really just days after his brain bi- biopsy showed up as you know positive for for the um, glioblastoma, and so we were having a family party at at their house, which we had celebrated at Christmas for more than forty five years. Hmm. Um, which is incredible. My parents had that long-standing tradition, and we were. It, it was an event where we were in the family room, and we had family over, and we were just listening to oldies. With um, we just looked up on YouTube for the the lyrics, right? Because I would never remember all the lyrics to those songs. I just didn't <laughs> <laughs> didn't listen to lyrics. I don't lyrics, listen to lyrics. <laughs> and um, but it wasn't really about me either. It was it was about everybody chiming in and singing sort of karaoke style to, you know, a lot of the oldies tunes that were just popular in the car when I used to ride with work, um, with dad to work occasionally. And dad would even, even without his ability to speak or remember how to, not even the ability to remember how to speak, but his neurons just weren't firing. Mm -hmm. Um, he actually made up his own language, which was really unique. But um, the music was a chance for him to remember the words. He remembered mm-hmm. some of those words. You know, some of those were songs that he listened to every day. You know, kind of coming back to my comment about the radio, 
pushing the same songs for decade after decade after decade and somebody like my dad who'd never owned a cd collection it just wasn't his style it was it was the radio or nothing Mm -hmm. and so you know he would sing um he would sing these songs and you know all of a sudden like stand by me would come on and you know he would know every word that's awesome Uh, or even you know happy birthday you know even if it wasn't anyone's birthday that we knew we would sing, I would sing happy birthday with my dad just to hear him speak English words. Because he wasn't speaking at the time, but if you played the music, right. he could speak. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And so language happens on the left side of the brain. So coming, I guess, addressing this from a medical perspective, music hap- or music happens on both in the left and the right hemispheres of the brain, whereas language happens on the left side of the brain. And this is what's really interesting about other patients who also are suffering or have suffered from glioblastoma is it's a disease that's sort of in the, in the shape of a starfish, if you will, and it grows. And so each, each arm of the starfish grows and affects different areas of the brain. And as we all know, different areas of the brain are responsible for different functions Correct. and different levels of thinking. So two people that are suffering from the same disease might have completely different experiences based on where the disease, where that tumor is growing and the shape of the tumor, how big it is in the brain and and what areas it's affecting. So for my dad, his unique case was that it took his ability to speak. But when music, you know, the corpus callosum is the area in the brain that sort of is that wormhole between the right and the left hemispheres. And so when you have a case like Gabby Gifford, the, you know, the U.S. senator from Arizona who was shot in the head and survived and was actually um, treated with music therapy um, to the point where she was able to testify before Congress or in court, um, pardon my detail there, but she essentially was able to sing her thoughts um, using music uh, and then she was able to drop the, drop the singing and and use just those words. But that was her entry point into relearning how to communicate with words. So the rhythm comes through in the right brain or the melodies come through. Well, that level of detail, I'm not sure of. I just know that when you you apply the musical aspect, when, for example, you sing a thought, um, you know, I'm going to go to the grocery store and this is what I'm going to buy, right? You know... Oh, okay. Now I know those words because you apply a musical aspect to the thought, right? And oh. then it bridges the right brain to the to the left brain, and where that's where the language is is at in the left side. So, how do you work? Do you work with that with anybody, any of your students now, or do you, within your family now? Kind of promoting music as therapy. I think music is always therapy. It's just a label that you put on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like, okay, it's therapy time. Right. <laughs> time to put the music on. Although it can in mm-hmm. certain situations, um, like gong therapy, mm-hmm. uh, which I got to go to <laughs> from one of your previous guests, right. Jenny, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a very enriching opportunity. I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. And you, it just... I think also everybody has their own unique experience with that. Yeah. Where and I brought my mom with me because obviously my mom was dealing with such a trauma, a traumatic experience with my dad as a caregiver, uh, and it was a chance for her to get out and experience maybe a 
sense of calmness mm-hmm. that she can't find in the home or, you know, that she needs to retreat to. So I did it with her and it was just a chance to just really become in touch with your thoughts on another level. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's very much um, attributed to the music that's happening. No lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's But it's sounds that are very soothing. Yeah, I hear it's a lot to do with like the Hertz levels, which I don't know too much about Hertz levels. If you do, enlighten me. But and vibration. And I hear that, I mean, all music helps to balance. So maybe when they say help balance left, right brain, they're really meaning like strengthening that structure that communicates between the left and right brain, right? But um, go ahead. Well, I think it's it's the creativity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're thinking abstractly. You're thinking artistically. And when you can be a creative being and apply that to something that's learned and integral to your, you know, at the root of what you know, the yeah. first things that you learned, you know, as a human, yeah. how to communicate with your, you know, with words. Well, yeah, my daughter, I mean, she's two and says more words singing a song yeah. than she does communicating regularly. So there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if taking those programs into places where people aren't able to communicate so well would be beneficial. And I hope that there are or will be programs in place for that. Well, you I mean, know? if you, if you look at music in its entirety of, you know, how, how does music heal people and what ways is music actively contributing to our wellness um, just with some basic research you know music does things like boost your immune system um, children with ADHD perform well when listening to music before a math test but they say that scores have statistically improved by as much as 40% when they listen to music during the math test hmm. you know how how is music having that level of an effect on on the brain's activity. I mean, it it's a stimulant, right? Music is a drug that's ingested by the ear. Mm-hmm. And when you can feel that music is ingested by your sense of feel, right? And so it's it's this thing that happens in your environment that really is is powerful in alleviating pain, um alleviating anxiety. Um it can it, it, it has so much power that, you know, I think, you know, just a couple other things here, it raises the efficiency of, you know, performing repetitive tasks. So if you're sending email blasts out on your computer, um, you know, as an example, or if you're just, you know, doing very repetitive work. Pulling, chopping vegetables. Chopping vegetables, pulling <laughs> weeds, you, you know, listening to music can make the, the process a lot more um, efficient. Um, so... The list goes on and on and on and on, but you know, I think everybody at the end of the day can find their own purpose for music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of, I'm, I think a lot of people will agree that they like many styles of music. Mm-hmm. I've participated in many styles of music. I used to be in a gamelan ensemble when I was at Northern Illinois University for my undergrad program. What's which a is, gamelan ensemble? Gamelan is. Um, basically mallets hitting it's a very percussive ensemble so it'd be like an orchestra of gongs that's really awesome and all of the gongs have different 
like frequencies frequencies some are high some are low Mm -hmm. some are get muted and very quickly and some of them ring out you know very sustained and so you know i would i would learn how to do that i've been i've learned how to play tabla not very well (laughs) but i took a semester of tabla when i was at niu i just want to say when ryan says not very well he means better than everybody else (laughs) (laughs) so so i mean look at cello i have um so i earned my master's um degree in double bass performance uh, for orchestral performance from indiana university um and I had think at that point had been playing bass for about 20 years. And it wasn't until long after that, that, um, I picked up the cello that, you know, I was introduced to the cello because I was in a recording project for my band at the time. And I was trying to achieve the register of the cello, but the cello is tuned different than the bass. So my finger is nowhere to go on the bass because it's tuned in fourths, but where each note is on a cello is a completely different geography. Hmm. You know, G, you know, GBD on a bass is a different shape of my hand than GBD on a cello. Yeah. So you have to learn a new roadmap. And, you know, the cello, I've learned the cello 100% by ear. I, I know, I don't know, I've learned more than 100 songs um, on cello. Some of them are as complicated as sonatas classical sonatas um uh ari operatic arias anything really that has a melody that i think is just i would love to like get in your brain like somebody needs to like send your brain through a scan <laughs> to see what this does for you because there's obviously so many layers working all together i mean you, okay so it's obvious you're a genius we know this <laughs> I don't know. I think and that's debatable depending and on you're, the context. And you're, help, <laughs> and you're helping people. Um, I know, aren't you helping your mom to to rediscover her talents as well? Isn't that something that you've been doing? I've been giving my mom a couple cello lessons here and there. Yeah. Um, I think that'll continue. You know, that, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, mom, uh, bless her heart. She. So my mom is a retired elementary art teacher, right? So she's already got that super active right brain going on. And mm-hmm. and I always stood out in my family as like the sibling who was so close to my mom. Yeah. Because I think we shared a lot of that together. Creativity came from probably. And and so, you know, with my dad and and you know, his condition and and all of the things that my family's been through in the last, you know, eighteen months. Music has been a really fun way, an effective way for us to rekindle memories of our past, mm-hmm. um, get motivated about what's in store for the future. You know, it's like working out. Yeah. And you got that, doo, 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 doo. you have to have that energy, the energy and the music to think about, you know, keep you inspired about what it is that you're going to do. What your goals are. Yeah, what your goals are. What are you accomplishing so music is it's been fun to work on cello with my mom it's it's something new for her and and uh it's it's a new energy working with her as a student (laughs) that's for sure (laughs) i love your mom she's an awesome awesome woman so my question i guess is for people that are looking to um kind of heal through music what recommendations do you have for them besides just listening right i mean 
if we could go a little bit deeper, are there ways that, you know, people are super stressed or dealing with maybe some migraines or people have somebody in their life that's struggling with speech or, or cancer mm-hmm. or some kind of decline of deterioration of the brain? Like, what would you recommend people do, especially music lovers, to kind of improve their situation? Yeah, that's a great question. A um, couple things. Number one, go see live music. Um, live music is really unpredictable. So you can't, you know, if you're feeling sad, you can't go to a playlist or you can't go to your favorite artist and say, I love this song. This is what I'm going to play. So go see live music. Go go see something that's not predictable. Number two, um, be diverse and, and break outside of your bubble. So if you just love rock and roll, if you love rock music, for example, or whatever genre is your genre, break outside of that. Um you know, it doesn't mean you have to go listen to country music all day or go, you know, listen to symphony music all day. But, you know, the right symphony music, for example, can be so powerful. For me, um, you know, people classify classical music in a certain way. There's a, like a stigma of classical oh, it's music. boring or oh. It's boring mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't understand it or it just gets too crazy for me and then I can't follow it. And it it's frustrating because... They are right on a certain level, but on only a certain level. Yeah. And there's so much classical music, for example, like soundtrack music for me is like the gold pot. Mm -hmm. And yes, that is oftentimes classical music, especially like, you know, go listen to the London Symphony, for example. Um, You know, The Last of the Mohicans or Braveheart or Schindler's List or... You know, all of these really beautiful soundtracks Mm -hmm. um, that are classically driven. So that, you know, that might be another avenue to check out. The the last one I guess I'll say is um, along the lines of diversification. Go to, you know, your favorite music player, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and try to find a radio, you know, setting where if you have a song that you like, you'll just put it on radio and then it'll introduce you into and it introduces you to songs that are like-minded in nature, um, similar beats, similar moods. There's also, you know, a playlist or like a setting in Spotify, for example, called moods and genres. Go to moods, you know, yeah. and I find so much music. People ask me who's your favorite artist or what just not even your favorite, but who do you like to listen to these days? The unfortunate truth is that I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I just know it's like the, the fifth song in my playlist. Yeah. There's so many, I just can't even remember the names anymore. It's just an overload. But the beauty in that is that there's so much um, access to new music with technology that it's it's just the most cool thing that there is. And I think it's cool because you, so the, the word that just keeps coming to my mind is absorption, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's another good word for you. Like, I feel like you are, you, uh, you, you absorb music, right? And you kind of exude that out to people. But I think with a lot of these healing modalities like yoga or um, sound healing or massage or Reiki, like and music too, like to heal, you have to like let yourself be absorbed, right? Or you have to soak up the vibrations and things that are happening around you, just even to like give yourself a mind break. Mm-hmm. So maybe even in those times, like I'm, I'm thinking of people that are in hospitals with people and they're dealing with stressful situations. Maybe 
I know they have music therapy in hospitals. I know they bring that in there, but even just to like put on a set of headphones and just let yourself be absorbed for a while and, and taken away for, for, from the pain or the stress that you're dealing with. And, um, I just think that it's really cool that I think that's just, that's who you are, you know, more people like you're a healer and, and more people need to know you. Well, that is certainly a big compliment. Um, you know, there's a level of activity. Are you actively or are you passively listening to music? Yeah. You know, is music in your background or is are you listening with your eyes closed with headphones on? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a huge difference. Yeah. I guess that's one other thing, too. Make sure you're listening to music with quality equipment. Yeah. Whether that's like semi-decent headphones or, you know, I, I think... I think a lot of times it's, it's well. I, let me say this: I think it's easier today. I think the access to quality equipment is easier today than it ever has been. But you're missing out on the on so many aspects of the music when you're not listening to it on anything of quality. You know, bad speakers can really cut out a lot of the you know the the frequencies yeah. that actually are doing a lot of the movement that have a lot of stimulus activity going on. So so definitely, it doesn't have to be, you know, really expensive stuff, but, you know, definitely don't listen to something like on, a, you know, a, a little, you know, like on alarm your, clock yeah. radio, <laughs> you know, like. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So if you, if you had a message for people, um, you know, judging from your own personal journey, what would you, what would you kind of want to say? regarding uh music and healing you know music and healing i guess you have to be active you 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 have to number one you have to have an open door and it has to be you have to let it come through you have to be experimental you can be as active as you want to be i hear a lot of people say i'm too old to learn an instrument ugh it's oh. not the case at all. You know, people learn guitar by learning three chords. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't tell you how many songs on the radio today and in and, and history have been based off of three chords. You know, some of yeah. which, you know, your hand is in that shape on the ra- on just naturally. So it, it doesn't have to be hard. It's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Find the right teacher. You don't have to have lessons every week. But if you saw somebody once a month, even if yeah. they're flexible in that way, um, that can be really beneficial. Just learning new things. And what if people want to listen to you? Where do they go? Well, uh, they can go to AntonyandTheTramps.com. Um, I'm going to be putting together um, a website for myself here. I think in the next couple months, because I have contributed to so many different ensembles over the years. You know, my discography is is getting pretty vast at this point, you know, and a lot of them, I'm, I'm really proud of the recordings I've done with Noah Gabriel, with Elliot Waits for No One. Um, I have previous recordings from my other bands that, you know, even dating as far back as high school. <laughs> um, you know, Steve, I got to say this too, a call out to Steve Warnfeldt, uh, yeah. who who owns and runs the Kiss the Sky yeah. record store. I did my first, um, I did my first, Masterclass back in uh, at his store. Yeah, we were talking about you. What two nights ago? Jaime was there, and uh, 
we brought you up and we actually want to have him as a guest on the show as well. He'd but be fantastic. I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's got quite a story too. So, um, but yeah, he, we talked about you. I said that you were going to be a guest and he just had nothing but incredible things to say about you. Well, it's, um, yeah, right back at him. He is starting a, um, a program that really gets, sheds light on past and current uh, high school bands, which I don't know. I wouldn't even know where to go to find uh, a collection of high school bands. Yeah. And so I've got a few things to contribute to that collection That's for awesome. him. And I also know that he has a new um, venue that he's Aurora, putting yeah. together in Aurora. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know a lot about it yet, but I'm really excited to learn more about it. So maybe uh, we'll have you back on the show when we have him. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely an iconic figure in this community. And like, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later. But I'm just blown away by this community. Like, I think everything that anybody needs as far as community is right here you just have to find the right people yeah and so i'm really lucky that i met you such a very long time ago and watched you <laughs> i've seen you play all over the place and uh evolve and progress and really proud of what you're doing so thanks for being a guest on the show and uh if you wouldn't mind maybe we'll, we'll play a little demo of some of his work sound good well thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure to be here and uh um you know I think if I can just give anything back to the world, this is it. It's a really good thing to give. So thank you so much for what you contribute. That was awesome. That was really great speaking with him. Um, what a talented guy. Yeah. One of the things that we wanted to get to during his conversation, and, and we just kind of ran out of time, he's got to go fund me because, unfortunately, for Ryan, I mean, he's uh, he eats, sleeps, and breathes bass, and his bass is broken. Yeah. Um, he was leading a master class last year, and it just cracked like this big giant beautiful instrument cracked and is not he's a bassist without a bass right now yeah which is one of the saddest things i've ever heard so he's tuning his cello to sound like a bass yeah <laughs> to teach bass, and yeah right? to teach the bass yeah so he's he's trying to get by but if those of you out there would like to try to help Ryan, he's raising money to try to get his base fixed. So uh, we'll have a link in the show notes as well. But if you want to try to help him out a little bit, every little bit helps, of course. You can go to GoFundMe.com slash fix Carney's base. Yep. So let's let's chip in a couple of bucks. Yeah, absolutely. If you appreciated what he's doing for the community and want to help him keep doing that, I think that would be a, a great way to say thank you. Yeah, so uh, definitely thanks to Ryan Carney for joining us here in the studio today. Any parting thoughts before we before we head out into the sunset? No, thank you always to you, and yeah. just I'm just really excited to see who else uh, we I, run into on these on these shows. I'm excited to listen to some music. Me too. Right. So let's do that. Let's try to get out of our bubble. Yep, and let's uh, maybe play something from Ryan. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you, Jaime. Thank you, Jaime. Okay, you're going to edit this out. Maybe. Oh, my God. This is the worst.